Whoa. Uh, Charlie's not here, I don't think. What? Yo, you didn't clap or anything. I didn't hear. I didn't see <laughs> your thing light up. Of course I clap. I didn't see it light up. How am I meant to know? I thought maybe your computer crashed or something. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Good start. Yeah, that was the start. Hello, everyone. I'll take it from here. I'll fix this intro, this mess, this sloppy, unprofessional pile. I Hello, everyone. Welcome to the best podcast on the internet. I will say that with full sincerity. Because how many other groups of man friends could talk about absolutely nothing important for however many fucking episodes we've done this and been consistently perfect with an incredibly handsome audience? And to keep that momentum going, here's Jackson with a wonderful topic. Also, ja let's just do another clap sync. Jackson's made me paranoid. <laughs> Count us down, Jackson. Well, what, did you clap or did you not? <laughs> I did, but not, if it didn't, maybe it didn't get picked up on audio or something. Well, just, I mean, just, you can see it on your audio. It doesn't no, matter if I saw it or not. We're going to run it back just to be safe. Plus, this will be a really cool intro anyway. Right, this, double clap. This is, this is the way of Charlie throwing me under the bus, by the way. He absolutely didn't clap. And now he's trying to gaslight me into thinking I'm the bad guy. No, I did clap, after but if you didn't hear it, that makes me a little concerned. Mm. All right, after one. Three, two, one. I put a little extra elbow grease on it. Did you Did hear you, it? Were you guys watching him? His thing didn't light up again. I'm not even joking. Okay, then, no, then I there's, didn't watch him. Then there's something gone awry, but that's two claps now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then we still we we still on the same intro though. We've used the intro already. Danny's gonna ha like place that. No, just Danny's just leave keeping the recording this entire thing in. Leave this yeah, entire yeah, this thing. In. This is the entire episode, and it perfectly encapsulates Andrew's point. No, you. Well, yeah. If he. Oh, yeah. True. The first clap would still be that. Realistically, don't clap again. The third. <laughs> no, that's, that's too many claps now. You fucked it. Now we have to do it again. But just a mess with Danny. <laughs> and he's gonna have to bring his A game to this one. Um, that's right. Yeah. Is it, we've got to be the longest running podcast at this point, right? Most episodes. Painkiller already. Yeah, well, oh, I forgot about PK. I mean, yeah. Doesn't Joe Rogan also have like 2,000 episodes? Well, he, he does it like daily though, right? What? Oh, so that doesn't count? What the fuck is your point? No, that's, that's meaningless. <laughs> Longest running <laughs> weekly podcast. Yeah. yeah. 20, we we said end only. of 2016, mm. uh, which is No, there's going to be ago. way more. If if no. we're talking weekly group, same group podcast, then Painkiller already has us beat by quite a margin. Uh, we're probably not even in the like top one hundred because then there's like Rooster Teeth and no, stuff. No, no way. Yeah, uh, that's right, another yeah. one. Yeah, I think even Duck's show is longer than ours and Carl's. Just the two people that I know. We're pretty new, but we can outlast them. What we have on them is we're younger, so one day they're gonna die and we can keep going. But. <laughs> There's also younger people than us now. Definitely uh, you and Andrew, for sure. Mm. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate <laughs> <You're> it. <welcome>. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to die first. I might leave the podcast and my inheritance. Can I leave my seat and my will to a person <laughs> I, of my choice? If that means I don't have to listen to your shit anymore, Jackson, then good. Fine. Man. It's fine I by might me. kill myself right mm. now. <laughs> <laughs> You guys ever think about that yeah. though? You and you and Andrew specifically killing myself? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, like Every there's day. people, there's people <laughs> half your age starting podcasts right now, guaranteed. 
on TikTok. Yeah. Um, I was talking with Charlie about this uh, like a week ago or something. The weirdest thing that hits me really hard with this is I will meet a new creator through one thing or another. So I'll be like, hey, I like your videos and we'll talk on Twitter or, you know, just hanging out with shit. And we'll be messaging and they'll say, yeah, it's really kind of weird because I graduated college last year and I'm trying to find a good place to live. And I'm like, man, I haven't been in college in like eight fucking years. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just so weird to think about that kind of shit. At what point do you think... At, at what point, what age do you guys think that you'll age out of content and <laughs> officially become uncool for doing <laughs> YouTube? Oh, I don't think I'm cool now. Who the fuck thinks they're cool for doing YouTube, but... I don't like, know. Uh, I think are you, are you going all the way to like? Them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You got to pivot though. Are you like Charlie? Do you see yourself doing this until you're sixty? Yeah, until I'm eighty. The, the oh. content you can make at that age too unlocks a whole new vertical. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be looks like, looks like it's gonna be like shot from the retirement village and stuff. It's gonna it would be depressing. Well, I think the kind of content that you envision, like that you cannot envision a 40-year-old doing is also the kind of content that makes you cringe even when it's a 17-year-old doing it. True. But yeah, like pranks and stuff. I couldn't imagine an 80-year-old Yeah, like just screaming, fake screaming and stupid pranks and just yelling at the camera on Twitch while, you read, while you're reacting to Ben Shapiro. It's like, regardless of your age, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. But I don't mind. So I, like, to, to answer your original question, I really don't mind it whenever I see like a very talented person on Twitter, like a 23-year-old who's already making really great music or really great art. I think that's cool. And I'm really happy, actually, that like younger people have access to that shit. One downside that I guess we could talk about, though, is that Gen Z is tech illiterate now. I think the middle how? generation got lucky. Well, like my generation? How is, I think they grow up, they grew up with smartphones, right? Like boomers grew up without technology, basically, without computers, right, so yeah. that's forgivable. My mom doesn't know how email works even. Then came our generation, smack dab in the middle, just as technology was emerging, and it was difficult. We had to learn like, okay, how do I torrent Warcraft 3 and then crack it? Oh, I ruined my computer because it was a virus. I, now I have to reformat it, I have to find wait, a Wait, 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 I still think but like the, you... You're only talking about a small percentage of your generation, though. I still think there's a large chunk of, I don't know, whatever ancient oh, generation sure, uh, you're a part of that is tech illiterate. Oh, well, I don't know anyone. But I still think the percentage is. is bigger than the new generation. I don't think like the average 16 year old now knows as much as I did when I was 16, because now you just have smartphones. You just download Temple Run. You don't torrent games. Yeah, yeah, You're already showing I, your age too, by the way, you fucking geriatric. It's not Temple Run anymore. It's all about Subway <laughs> Surfers. Yeah. Whoa. Oh my Wait, Subway no Surfers is also outdated, right? So, Subway Surfers was around like seven years ago. No, but that's the, that's still the hotness though. Like if you go on TikTok right now, a lot of the videos you'll see that are supposed to be like informative or something has Subway Surfer gameplay at the bottom to hold interest. Really? It's all about Subway Surfers, yeah. So, yeah. so I was pretty sure that Subway Surfer and Temple Run came out at like the same time, that same kind of period of time. It kind of uh, did. Those but runners were all the rage. Yeah, but Subway Surfer is the one that's kind of stood the test of time that children can't get enough of running through the fucking subway, I guess. Well, maybe that's the new, that's the new pivot with uh, co content. We should jump on this bandwagon and pivot to Temple Run. It's going to be new and exciting. 
Yeah, can, Danny, can you just bin all of our webcams? Can it just be Temple Run footage? Yeah. Subway yeah, make, sure, yeah make sure people have enough uh, stimulation. Yeah, and, yeah, gel and people like, like footage of jelly. Yes, perfect. And cutting up soap. Put uh, put <laughs> nothing but oddly satisfying gifts over where my webcam is. <laughs> put hardcore pornography gifts over mine, please. <laughs> That's one way that we get on YouTube yet. But yeah, I, I, kittens, I agree with Kaya. I agree with Kaya. I I think that things are so simple and user friendly now that when an actual issue arises, people just cannot figure it out. Like I, I've got friends who just don't even know how to Google their own questions properly and like look for the answer the right way. You know, dude, I saw. So I don't, I'm not on TikTok, but I do see TikTok, obviously, when it like dumps on other social media or somebody sends me one. I saw this one of a, that went viral, apparently, of a girl who blew her followers' minds by reverse image searching. Oh. And they were like, holy shit, you can, you can, I knew you could look up photos with text, but the other way around, that's incredible. <laughs> and I think now that we have AI and everything too, by the way, all the companies are going all in on AI. Like Microsoft has now laid off 10,000 people and they're now investing billions of dollars into open AI. And they said that they were going to make it basically part of all of their company, all of their products. Nothing so, scary about that, right guys? Nope. Hey, I don't okay. worry about Microsoft. It's going to be integrated into <laughs> Microsoft Word and whatnot. <laughs> and Only Google three weeks after that debate, to, uh, and I'm already being proven right that this is already having an effect on like the economy and jobs and stuff like that. Well, I don't yeah, think anyone ever argued that. We just yeah. argued that it was going to start murdering people within the next week yeah. or something because it could write your Well, report. it will when Microsoft owns it. We, so. all, we all unanimously agree, Jackson, that this is going to cause disruptions in the workplace and changes to the economy. It's all streamlining, uh, no, no. and this is the same shit that happened with car manufacturers and all that shit. This is a rewriting of history, and I will but how far it goes, it. That's, it just, that's a yeah, different it's story. it's industrial revolution, and it's... Kind of amusing to watch. There's already like a lot of Reddit threads now of um, young people, like high school kids and shit, and college kids too, um, writing these threads like, oh, my teacher noticed that I used chat GPT to write my essay. What do I do? He sent me to the dean's office. I might be get expelled. To which my answer is, first of all, deny it. Well, how the fuck can they really 100% prove it, right? But now they're making AI to detect if something is written by, by AI or an image is made by AI. It's very uh, entertaining to watch. But how can and you can already know tell, like, for sure? How can you know for sure that it's generated by AI? Yeah, the AI could start lying. <laughs> like AI is so trying to fuck this kid over. You should AI generate <laughs> your excuses, yeah. Ooh. Well, that's the thing. You can't. It, that's exactly how it works. So apparently when AI writes something, obviously it doesn't have like that human touch to it. It's like kind of too clinical. It doesn't have a custom style to it like each writer does. So other AI can detect this. But you can go and tell the original AI and say, hey, uh, make this sound more human. And apparently that works. And that doesn't get detected by the second well, AI. Wh why even do so, that? Why not just say, like, I, I was trying to write this like an AI. <laughs> I wrote this with an AI in mind. <laughs> I was trying to be formal. Teachers are fucked. I remember back in my day, they had some websites that there was... Do you guys remember? It was very famous that teachers would use to detect if you plagiarized. Yeah, uh, turn, it in, turn it in. Turn it in, yes, thank you. But 
it was very primitive. You could throw it off by just, you know, you guys know the character sheet on Windows. You could open it up and find like an ASCII character that kind of sort of looks like an A. And you could replace all of the A's in your essay with that symbol and turn it and couldn't detect it. It was perfect. I forged entire essays that way and handed them in to my like history teachers and shit. But now I guess we're going to see how it goes. It's entertaining to me. Do you ever think about how many doctors there are out there practicing doctors that <laughs> forged their way through college and are currently <laughs> operating on people or like giving life altering advice based off forged? There's gotta be a lot. There's a ton. Have to be. Wasn't there a very famous one, Doctor Death? I think they called him. This guy basically kind of sort of just fucked his way through college, and then he showed up to surgeries literally high on drugs. And he like crippled multiple people that way. You're mixing the names up. Doctor Death mm-hmm. was a Kevorkian that did assisted suicides, I think. Yeah. I there could be someone that you're describing, is. Kaya, but that's not yeah. where the nickname was attributed. Could be. But, yeah. But you, you know, this is the kind of stuff you just gotta not think about if you want a happy life. What do you call a doctor who gets all D's in medical school? Is, is a this doctor. a joke? Doctor. Oh. They qualify yeah. whether they get straight A's top of their <laughs> class or whether they barely pass. They're still a doctor. Well, do you pass on a D? Yes. Really? No, you don't pass on a D. I don't know where you're getting that from. It what? has to at least be a C. I thought it was a C. What? Yeah, yeah it has to at least Maybe be a C. Maybe for medical school, I guess, but for regular school, I know you can pass <laughs> For medical school, I think it would be slightly higher. Even, I would hope it'd be that. slightly higher, but th- it doesn't matter. The specifics of yeah, what does and doesn't pass yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't the point matter. is... The point is a doctor could graduate at the top of their class with fucking accolades and everything, or they could barely pass by the skin of their teeth, like this close to failing out, whatever the bar is, bar is. but they're still a doctor. They still can run a practice and be a doc- called doctor and all of that. You'd never really know, unless you personally ask them. But then they just I mean, lie absolutely. to you. Yeah, they're good at lying. Yeah, those liars. Fucking, yeah. you guys seen everything that's happened with the Pfizer vaccine all of a sudden? Jesus Christ, we're <laughs> Were we lied about that? Yeah, and now it's giving everyone the heebie-jeebies. So everyone's shaking all over the place everywhere. Oh, it's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You know those memes, yeah. Well, that's a problem with the experts who would like the doctors. You can find any doctor and you can pay him to say the earth is flat and they will do it. I mean, again, doctors said that smoking is good and a healthy way to lose weight. It's like, eh. Well, that's not really it's a not, doctor problem. It's not the problem with doctors. It's just the problem with the system that we live in and people in general. I think it's corruption. a problem. It's a problem with people not <laughs> not recognizing that doctors are not infallible. Well, yeah. yeah Someone we, just we says place the experts much, and you're supposed to be... Yeah. yeah. Trust the experts. Believe whoever's a doctor or a scientist. <laughs> if, they're, if they're a scientist or a doctor, they're instantly like infallible. Which I don't necessarily think is true. I I certainly don't. The main person on Twitter that keeps spreading those videos of people doing the fucking Harlem Shake with the Pfizer vaccine stuff comes from a goddamn doctor. Well, then which doctors do we trust and which ones we don't? Because I don't none know. None of us. I, I think a good starting point is a doctor that can recognize what real tremors and seizures look like. <laughs> Would be a really great starting but point. But we're not smart enough to know when they're telling the truth mostly or, or lying. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. You're right. Like, this is, this is yeah, obviously I mean, a pretty I, I obvious case, I think you can be smart enough. Say. Like, okay, but 
I think you are smart enough to recognize when Pfizer says, oh, you should vaccinate yourself every month, 12 times a year, and also the vaccine, we're jacking the price up to 150 bucks, and we're petitioning the government to make it mandatory to buy it from us. I think you kind of understand that there's like a profit motive there, and this isn't all about science anymore. Most people get that, but you still get attacked if you say, well, I don't trust that expert that just said that. I mean, you were literally, remember, people had their entire YouTube accounts shut down when they said that, oh, um, you know, the Wuhan virus may have come out of the Wuhan virology lab and not just spontaneously sprung into existence from a fucking bat. And now we know, oh, turns out the conspiracy theorists were right. Well, only in that case. And well, we don't know that for sure as well, by the way. We don't, we don't know. Because you're just listening to the experts that you agree with that say that it did. That's what I'm saying. How do we know who, which fucking experts to trust? Because none of us do the appropriate research into the data or the surveys or the research information, whatever. I think that's a cop. I think know. you don't. And you assume no one else does either. No, I don't assume no one else does. Sure, there's got to be like one, one guy that's right at least. There's got to be some <laughs> kind of actual truth to things. But I don't know how to determine which one's that telling the truth. That must be depressed. Because yeah. no one's listening to him. Because no one's truth. believing him or trusting him, and he's always correct about everything. <laughs> but what if what if it wraps around? And he's correct about absolutely insane shit. So he he's right like about the, the vaccines and COVID. But then he's like, the aliens built the pyramids. I'm right about that too. I have the evidence, and he's just completely correct. And no one will I believe. I still maintain him. there is now a new crop of ufology or uapology that is different from that of like 10 or to 15 years ago. I'm telling you guys, it's no longer just a bunch of hicks with half their teeth missing going, I got kidnapped by a UFO and they put stuff in my butt. It's like actual <laughs> like smart people talking about this now. And I'm very, I'm interested, but I'm also not like, <laughs> smart people are talking I don't want to actually the butts. stuff in your butts. What got you? Huh? <laughs> no, it's like they analyze the government papers that they release a little bit but it's also something that I don't want to spend that much time reading about. But the problem is I actually reached out to three different people on Twitter about UFOs. And I was like, hey, what's like an easy entry into this? Like, where do I start? Because you guys just, you know, when someone throws around a lot of terminology yeah, you don't know inside what's terms and it gets confusing. Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck. Why didn't like, you just ask me? me? I'm super deep into that shit. I, I check in on those communities often. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I'm always looking. Yeah, he okay, so he's, he's always said that his dad is like... Yeah, my the, dad's the super master. into it He's too. basically a spaceship pilot at this point. <laughs> okay, so does your dad... This is what I read up yesterday. So apparently the Trinity Project in 1945, the first nuclear bomb experiment, because that's significant... Uh, it was significant for our human species because we reached the atomic age, right? Our first atomic bomb, yay for us. Their theory is, one of the many theories, that UFO sightings have gone up since then because they may have been dormant um, vessels on Earth that are basically just meant to observe us as a primitive species until we discover atomic energy and then mobilize to observe us further from the air, I guess. Yep. So I've never mm. heard that. That sounds like an actual plot to Singularity on the Xbox 360. I would say <laughs> like the best... <laughs> stuff to look at is from like the scientists because there are a couple that do like you said legitimately analyze like the the files that they keep releasing like the declassified stuff but a lot of it's like really just kind of uninteresting because it'll be like yeah it's not extraterrestrial this is just something we don't really get but it's certainly from this planet so it's just kind of like oh 
There hasn't really been well, anything. My issue is so a that, lot of so the that evidence. Just means like uh, like Russian um, space. It, not space it means craft, legitimately Russian, anything. Yeah. Any oh, okay. other nation's technology, fucking astronaut yeah, farmer I mean. built something goofy. Like it just means anything. But they're not <laughs> ever confirming that it's like something. So off that's world. but that's that's always been that's always been what's been known. Like that's always been the most logical answer, right? That most people have said. Yeah, well, I mean, it is by far the most logical because if it, if any alien species reached us, it'd mean they'd have faster than light travel, which right now yeah, we yeah. believe is completely impossible. But so, so nothing's changed then, apart from just scientists are weighing nope. in on it, basically. Nope, it's just now that there's like the classified shit, people are actually looking at unidentified objects as opposed to just like, here's three blimps that flew in a weird formation, probably aliens. Now it's just like people looking at like, oh, wow, this is a really interesting flying apparatus that we've never seen before. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's the government, you know, they used to be, again, they would call everything a conspiracy theory. Yeah. And I guess in more recent years, the government has just openly said, yeah, but we don't know what the fuck this is. And then you have these government insiders, people who used to work for the CIA or NASA or the whatever the hell, they, they all coming out and saying, yeah, I work, I used to work on these projects. Um, they harvest crash sites for rare materials and yada yada. And the government keeps the patents and they hand them over to Lockheed Martin. My issue is, all of it is just hearsay. It's just he said, she said, in 1970 such and fuck, Bob Lazar claimed that he saw a UFO. It's like, okay, what do I give a fuck what he claimed? Like, how much <laughs> of this can you actually prove? Corroborate. Well, that's, that's the thing as well. Like, when you think about it uh, at this scale, like, they're saying, like, there's whole teams going into harvest resources and then Lockheed Martin's got, like, entire teams working on r&d for it or whatever that's like so many people where it can get out from that's why i don't personally believe that kind of stuff is because like there's just so many points where we should have heard about it like actual yeah, the amount of people who it. would blab right about the yeah. conspiracy yeah it's the same thing to me that fully debunks like the moon landing and jfk conspiracies it's like you can't have that many people involved with such a giant scale thing over all those years and not have someone confess or something really get out you know but it's also a what did i call it we're like not everybody has all of the information obviously like the guy who pulled the trigger on jfk doesn't know that he did it for the fbi but you don't know that you know think of course i don't but you don't know that he that i'm wrong Fuck. <laughs> expert said now we're gonna do this all day <laughs> I, i'm always for the more entertaining option whenever feasible and possible yeah if it's like a 50 50 go with whatever's funnier Exactly, thank you. And also, whenever it's 50-50, always assume that the government is evil and will just stab you in the back. That goes for, like, everything. Know. Corporations, government, literally everything. Everything. Video game developers. Everything. Friends. Experts. <laughs> yeah, family. <laughs> Loved ones, pets. <laughs> Don't ever leave your room. Don't trust anyone. Don't ever talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Fuck. Gotta be paranoid. What were we saying? I had I had an anecdote that I wanted to share, but now I forgot. Was it about your comfortable underwear? Yeah, that's it. Comfortable <laughs> underwear. Thank you. Love comfortable underwear. But I need you to tell me more about it, Andrew. That is tell exactly what You're I will tell you. Comfortable underwear, please. I know we just away. said not to trust anybody, but trust me when I say that Me Undies has an incredible Valentine's Day collection. 
Do you know that feeling when your crush texts you unexpectedly and you say, oh my god, she might be a government sleeper agent, what do I do? I don't know. I, I do want to see her titties though, so maybe let's see where this goes. Well, you can find out what it will feel like to have that feeling all day and all night because you will be wearing the most comfortable underwear with a love theme to it with the V-Day Me Undies collection. Me Undies is pretty straightforward. Everyone on this podcast wears it because they've got incredibly comfortable and cute underwear. Also, if you're a lady with some sort of tits, they've got bralettes. And then for everyone, they've got loungewear. They've even got funny stuff for your pets, which you might want to check out. Available in sizes extra small to 4X. They have something for every booty to fall in love with. <laughs> oh, that's so goddamn funny. Me Undies has a great offer for everyone listening. You can get 20% off of your first order and free U.S. shipping right to your door. Now to get that 20% off of your first order with free US shipping and to chat with their incredible cheek squad about any questions or sizing concerns, you just need to go to meundies.com slash official. It's a lovely gift. Think about it. You could get it for your mom and have a really awkward and weird conversation. Doesn't matter, but make sure to get a pair for yourself while you're there. 20% off your first order, free sizing in the US, or sorry, free shipping in the US, and questions and sizing concerns with the Cheek Squad at meundies.com slash official. So you got your new underwear. Good for you. Do you happen to have a clean shaven face? No? Well, don't expect to ever find love like that, mister. That's why you're gonna need to talk about Harry's because Harry's razors are going to give you a fantastic shave, a great quality shave, and they're going to have form-fitting, nice little sleek packaging to deliver everything you need straight to your door. If you go ahead and sign up with Harry's and get the Truman Shave Trial Set for just $3, it's gonna get a five-blade German-engineered razor, and if we know anything about the Germans, it's that they're incredible at reading children's kindergarten bedtime stories, so they have to make a great razor. It's going to have a weighted handle, come with also some foaming shave gel and a travel cover. You can schedule replacement blade delivery whenever you need it for as low as $2. Their blades are made in their own factory in Germany and hold up better than ever. They say People who use it say their eighth shave is just as sharp as the first. Also, Harry's is going to offer a no-risk trial, so if you're not satisfied, well, they'll pay for it, and you don't have to worry about it. Why not give it a try? No matter how new your new you is, you're going to want to look sharp with Harry's. Get the $15 Truman Shave Trial Set for just $3 at harrys.com official, spelled H-A-R-R-Y-S, dot com slash official for a three dollar trial set delivered straight to your door thank you you're welcome i have a cleanly shaven neck but not face mm. don't want to be a neck beard but you do want to have a beard how do you guys feel about wait okay before i steamroll everyone do you guys have topics um no i'm down to hear what you got 
Well, Jackson, you wanted to mention something, right, before we moved yeah, on? Yeah, I, I honestly can't remember. Mm-hmm. It was very tied to whatever we were talking about at the time. Which was aliens. aliens. Really yeah, it was aliens, but episode, something specifically yeah. in the alien conversation. Look, it's fine. I'll go back cons- and listen to the podcast after conspiracy? we're done. And then I'll remember. It may be. I don't fucking know. Just go. Steamrollers. Oh, no. I, I was going to ask. This is a few weeks old at this point, but Texas introduced a bill that would ban social media for children under 18 feeling good do it Um, pull the trigger (laughs) (laughs) it says this is according to fox4news.com a republican lawmaker from north texas filed a bill aiming at keeping children off social media jared peterson's hb 896 would require social media users to be 18 years old to create an account by the way i've also seen that in louisiana if you access pornhub in louisiana now it um, mandates that you submit your government ID oh, in order to access that porn site. What if, <laughs> what if every time you access Pornhub, it was mandated that the the, 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 uh, the phone takes a photo of your face <laughs> and uploads it to oh, a registry God. for everyone to see? Do you think that would stop know your customer laws for <laughs> porn? Yeah. Well, they tried to mitigate the bad PR, I guess, by saying, well, you're not submitting your ID to the porn site. Your porn site never gets your ID. Instead, you're submitting it to a third party who then keeps uh. a record of it. And presumably one day they're going to get hacked all the same. So no fucking how is difference. That even, how is that even clear? How does it make any difference? Also, like you didn't tell us who it's the third not. party is or anything. We don't know anything about them. Also, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know them either, but I, but I do know that it, it is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You, it, sites get hacked all the damn time. And those guys are going to get hacked eventually. So, oh, of course. I would recommend you don't do that. Go to ExpressVPN and switch your region away from Louisiana if you want to jerk off that badly. Um, but yeah, I'm also in favor of this bill the, um, to ban kids off social media. I think there needs to be a healthy balance of like, as we just talked about, I think children are already unhealthily disconnected from technology. They're too clueless. They need to learn this stuff, but also social media is a horrible way to learn it. See, that's the irony. Really, that's the irony. If they're that disconnected from technology, yet their lives are more and more on the internet now. You know, well, they're not users of technology. They're consumers. There's a difference. True. That's a good point. They don't actually like use their technology. They sit. That's same as us, by the way. They sit there. The technology uses them, bro. <laughs> yeah, they just they sit there looking at the screen. They're not actually engaging with the technology. They're eaters. Yeah. <laughs> We're all gluttonous mm. pigs now. Yeah. Well, I saw the movie the menu. Right that movie is so fucking good, the menu. Oh my god, is it actually time to talk about something good on this show? As yeah, in like something that No, we have about. to keep complaining about what's trending on Twitter, Jackson. That's uh, not the entire show. Yeah, I'm going to tie that this good thing into a bad thing. So the menu oh. is great, but kids should not be online. Kids are fucking stupid. They're not ready for social media. And they make it just kids worse. This guy kids shouldn't it. be allowed to watch the menu. They're not allowed good things. They have I mean, it's an R-rated first. movie. How about Don't this? let your kid watch the menu. Oh, okay. I, I'm introducing Bill HB um, 007. Ban kids from YouTube, nice. kids. I was with my girlfriend Ooh. on a train back from Amsterdam to Germany. And I, I was in, the, in a wagon with two separate mothers with... I think a total of like four children and they were all on YouTube kids on their iPads. And all it is is them on their sippy cups watching that fucking schlock. I know, and the mother's completely yeah, clueless. That's... She has no idea what's going on. The 
it, it, it just makes like coin sounds, like the bling, 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 ka-ching sounds. And it's, it's just random garbage playing on the fucking iPad. But that's five the minutes of peace for that mother. It's it's a very common phenomenon, Kaya. I don't know but if it, it's less common where you are, but in America, I see it all the fucking time everywhere I go. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, of it's course. So I mean, it's not just peace, by the way, Jackson. This this went on for the entire oh, I know. ride I know. that she was on the train, which was like a five-hour ride. It's insane I really don't... I, I think it's gotten worse, but I think this practice has always been in place ever since there was something to distract your kids with. Like, I remember my mom used to just drop me in front of the TV and, you know, i just watch yeah, TV true. for an hour. And while the content is obviously better on TV, I would say, like, the content that I I uh, consumed back then was, like, Spongebob and shit like that, so better. But still, like, the, the, the act is still the same. You're putting your kid in front of something so that something entertains them for, you know, a certain amount of time so that you I can agree. Ha- as a, a parent just have the a issue is that but it's, all of it's these companies now. have... Yeah, they've gotten so much more efficient at addicting yeah. children and ruining the, um, their goddamn brains. The other problem is, Jackson, that the iPad is always there and always available. So if you're a parent so and you're TVs. sitting around... Well, no, no, no. If you're a parent and you're sitting at home and you're in the 90s, yeah, uh, you're not going to want to, like, see... Most of the time, you're not going to have to deal with your kid for 24 hours straight every single day. So if you're just at home doing nothing, you'll go, here, watch TV. I've got fucking shit to do or phone calls to make or whatever. But if you go out somewhere and bring your kid, you're responsible for your kid. But oftentimes now parents are just, hey, you just stick with me and watch your fucking iPad. You know? Yeah, it's a digital babysitter. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to take the responsibility of if they're out with their kid throughout the day, keeping them quiet or entertained or engaged or whatever. It is just a portable television. Exactly. Uh, That's the only real difference. That was not an option I wouldn't even consider it a portable portable television. It's just a free babysitter. Like, I don't even think it's entertainment for the kids. They literally just sit there fucking mindlessly like these little brain-dead drones listening to these goddamn awful sound effects on repeat. And kids, like, they don't even know what they're looking at. I know what you're saying, but it is is entertainment for kids. uh, I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys. uh, It's entertainment for them. I can tell you guys a really heartwarming story about a good parent. I just remembered if we want to bring levity to this show. Did you, did you remember your parents or something? Like, <laughs> surely, surely you have. Let's talk about how great my parents. No, no, no. Um, yeah. I was on a flight uh, many, many years ago. I don't remember. But definitely well into the era of smartphones and kids having iPads and all that shit. And I sat next to this mother and she had her daughter who was you know age to be playing with like dolls and imagination and precocious and all that shit and for the entire flight like she had an ipad and a laptop and all the shit but for the entire flight they brought dolls and a little playhouse and for the entire oh. flight she just sat there oh. going like like oh, okay my name's genie and i want to go to the salon and the daughter would be like hi genie welcome i'm gonna wash your hair and she'd go well i want to go over here and make this with this can you help me and the daughter was like yeah let's do that that'd be a lot of fun and at one point she like kind of started dancing the doll on my leg and the mom was like well don't bother him he's not part of the game and i was like no it's fine i don't mind but it was, oh, that was, it was a weird nice. thing to say. I think that's, I think that's a weird thing to say, honestly. Well, okay, but that's not fair. That's like a lose-lose like as a man. Like, what the fuck do you say to uh, that? Like, no, play on my lap, I don't think lap, you did anything girl. wrong. What, you, what, what did you I mean? do wrong? What the yeah. fuck are you talking yeah, about? You're making it weird, Jackson. I, I think had that's headphones a totally fine on. I had headphones on, and she started tapping my leg, and I, like, pulled them off for a second. And her mom went, <laughs> no, 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 don't bother him. He's not playing. And I said, oh, no, it's fine. That's okay. 
Like I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't upset. I was telling her no. Uh, depends on the tone in your me. voice, I guess. Just... If you go, it's fine. Yeah. That's fine. If you go, it's no. okay. No, I. Okay. <laughs> if I have to recreate the exact tone of my voice, I went. Oh, no, it's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't see at all what I did wrong there, but okay. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't say you did anything no, wrong. We're, we're fucking around okay. with you. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it was it was just heartwarming and wholesome to see a parent actually invested in entertaining their child and giving a shit and not just, you know, slapping them with an iPad and then fucking around on their own. Yeah, nice. see, the problem is... It's if, good for imagination. It, it's good the for everything. It's so it's much good better. for everything, but here's the issue. Then the mother cannot spend time on Instagram herself. She actually exactly. has to engage with the kid. It's not easy yeah. being a parent in the modern age. You need to balance your TikTok dances with yep. making sure your kid has access to an iPad. Like, it's not easy. You have to make sure you went through all of your reels and all of your scrolls for the day. If you miss that day on Instagram or TikTok, you're fucked. Your life you is might not done. Get a, you, might, you might miss a brand deal. You oh, might just, no, you might not no, be eating no. that week. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh. There are so it's, many creators in this era. Everyone is a creator. Everyone is yep. a content producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah Ooh, literally uh, everyone is Jackson. Yep. Yeah, dude. Let's let's go back to the cynical d fucking dark pit that we dig. I think that has also shown me how uncreative most people are. The content that people pump out, man. They, there's just more unwatchable shit now than ever. It's impressive. I don't Depends, think any of like, that's gotta, changed. I, I really, yeah. that I disagree with. I don't think any of that has ever changed. It's just now no, you're older and you see more of it. I think it's changed. I, I think, think, it's, the, the, I think it's the entire the landscape. The bar of entry, get, the bar of entry the has been lowered, but I think it's a how, good thing, though. Well, no, it's the landscape of how we get entertainment has changed entirely. Let's, let's go back to just the 80s and 90s. The entertainment that you would get is what was approved to be oh, at a well, mainstream platform, like television yeah, or radio or whatever. Like, I thought you were comparing yeah, it to 2010s. other content online. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean in general. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, yeah. for sure, then. But yeah, I still like think that's you... good. I, I, I know there's now so much garbage out there. I know that, like, 99 out of 100 Zoomers just make TikTok channels. But there's like one out of them who makes a TikTok channel and he has actually good music to share because now it's easy to just download FL Studio and have like a whatever $20 keyboard and make stuff. I think that's a nice thing. The downside is, of course, we have to deal with all the yeah. other bullshit. The game being opened wider just lets more talented people in, Andrew. And and it's only it is only a net positive. Yes, you are more likely to discover not only talented people you wouldn't have found before, but also things more to your taste. If you find music and you go, oh, I want more bands more like this, it's not whatever you hear on the radio and you have to pick and choose. It's I can literally do some searching and find like dozens, maybe hundreds of bands that sound exactly like that that I never would have found before. But the other problem is it's promoted all the same. You know, I'll hop on YouTube and I'll see incredible documentaries like uh, Kevin Perger, Perjurer, just put out a amazing documentary on the Disney Channel. And it currently has three and a half million views. And it is really well researched and really well put together and a fucking enthralling ride from start to finish. It's got three and a half million views. At the same time, a lazy, shitty, terrible fucking meme thrown together in 10 minutes will climb to six, seven million views in the same span of time. And it'll get promoted by YouTube all the same and thrown in my face every I day. I don't even think it's a, that's not really a YouTube thing though. That's different people looking for different things. Yeah, like, you have to keep in mind a lot of those people that are watching the 10 second meme are kids. They're not gonna sit there and watch it. Oh, I'm aware. Really it's, the, 
But that, that's 10 that's, million children on trains on their iPads watching yeah, YouTube yeah, kids and right. views. But the, but the problem is that when I hop on YouTube and I go, okay, algorithm, here's my subscriptions and here's what I search, show me good videos, it will promote that video to me every single day. And then yeah. when it's one, it's not a big deal. But when my feed, the first like six or seven videos are unwatchable garbage, that's when it gets annoying. I just I, I I get where you're coming from, and I agree. Like the algorithm doesn't throw up like good stuff a lot of the time, but mm -hmm. I don't really quantify things by the amount of views they have, or I, I don't really assign value to a thing based on the amount of views it has. I guess like if it's, I, it's only sad it, to me if yeah I I, also, I agree. I don't I also don't care about view counts, but I I. All, only get said if I think somebody put a lot of effort into something and it is beautiful, but they cannot make a living with it. Mm, if you only yeah, get like yeah. 10,000 views, but you do make money with it because you have like a few whale patrons or something, that's a good thing. You don't have to have millions of views. If you can make your way through life, support yourself and your family, and you do something that you love and it's great art. And you good. create beautiful things. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to get as many views as whatever, Logan Paul or whoever's famous nowadays. That's okay by me. I think AI is also going to like create a dichotomy between people who just lazily copy chat GPT prompts and write entire books like that and people who use it in interesting ways to like, I don't know, I'm sure Pixar at some point is going to make, uh, take a lot of people with a lot of talent and use AI to make an entirely AI generated movie or video right. game. I mean, I, I also agree with that point. You know, view counts aren't the defining important factor to these creations, but there is an angle to it that is important. For example, business. You know, you're far more likely yeah. to get funds for bigger projects if your video is seen. You're far more likely to have more support, et cetera, et cetera. It's definitely not the only thing, but it's something to consider, especially in fucking the modern era with social media where everything... Yeah. For, for a lot of people is revolved around view counts where you know the I, entire model is around viewership so charlie kind of touched on this though i don't think this is a solvable issue because i think even if the uh kevin perjurer documentary which is i, I watched it as well it was fantastic mm -hmm. even if that was heavily promoted by youtube like constantly I still, it's so niche and targeted. You probably still would end up in the same I don't, category. Yeah, yeah, I don't think mm. it would have. I don't think it would have exceeded all the other popular viral videos, for example. So I don't think yeah. it's a solvable issue when it's on an audience level. No, I I agree. It's just kind of how things are. I'm not, I'm not saying like, oh, well, here's what we need to do to fix it, and here's, there's really no way to fix or change that at all. It's just still at the same time annoying, you know. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is, but, but I can still complain. There you go. I, I, and that's the thing. We can always still complain. Am I right, boys? <laughs> yeah, let's complain. New topic to complain wasn't about. This, Here we wait, go. wasn't this... This came from the menu, which was meant to be a good thing. Uh, oh, I don't think it came from the menu. I just kind of tacked that onto an already negative thing. That movie slaps. <laughs> yeah, I haven't Complaining watched it. Complaining can be I'm entertaining. Sure mm, Complaining, is, Complaining is all we fucking do, though. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> Charlie, do you want to do you want to take a bit to complain about plane? 
Well, do you want to know something to really complain about besides the movie Christ. being stinky? You're gonna, you'll probably see it in the Patreon chat. People love that movie, Andrew. What? I got grilled for not liking it. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? It that had, was the it, most boring goddamn the, movie ever made. O- look at the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Wait. It's like a 92%. What? Yep. What, which no, movie? Fuck, I'm, oh, it's called, no. It's called Plane. It's a fucking stinker. Holy shit. You, you, no way. Yeah. What's it about? It's a, about a fuck, it's about a fucking plane going down, and they land on this, like, remote island that's controlled by terrorists, and then they have to, like, get <laughs> off. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. It'd be, like, it'd be really entertaining, like, if there was, like, action and stuff that oh, happens, no. but there's, like, not even that. It's not even really a fucking action movie. It's a nothing movie. 76% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 94% audience score with over a thousand reviews. What the fuck is wrong with you people? That movie's horrendous. That's what I fucking said. Oh my god. It is the most nothing, plain, flat, uninteresting action movie of the last year. Holy shit. It's hardly even a goddamn action movie because they cut away from the action. I know. Even the poster is so tedious. It's all like terrible and and brown. Oh god, it it has really, really stupid plot decisions from top to bottom. The entire first third of the movie is watching Gerard Butler fly a plane in real time. It's <laughs> oh god, it's so bad. Did you did you go did this just come out? We yeah, watched we watched it in together. theaters. <laughs> so why is it called thought- plane if the doesn't even sound like the plane portion pip is important? It it is. So like he God, I can't believe I'm going to fucking explain the plot again. <laughs> Gerard Butler's a pilot. He used to be like a hotshot pilot who would fly glamorous routes like over Paris. But then a rowdy customer said mean things and he said, hey, man, what's going on? And the customer pushed him. So Gerard Butler punches him and then fucking chokes him out. So he got uh, in the uh, plane. Shit. Yeah, in the plane. And uh, as a pilot. So he, yeah. Yeah. So as then, a commercial pilot. Yes. Yeah. I, I think the air marshal would arrest the pilot. You can't just, like, punch someone. Well, wait, oh, who's going to land the plane then? The, the pilot the does pilot. a lot yeah. of stupid Absolute things authority. in this movie, Kaya. Yeah, don't you worry. Kaya, I haven't even begun to touch on the shit he does as a fucking pilot. Yeah. But, so, anyway, after getting, like, shit-canned to do shittier routes, he's now, like, uh, I think it's Singapore. So now he does, like, only Singapore routes, which are, like, not the big routes anymore. But one, one day, he's, uh flying his plane home and he's like wow there's a really intense weather storm up ahead you know why don't we take this route and go around it but then the the head honcho corporate suit he's like nope you're going right through it and he's like well i mean if you say so so they go <laughs> while they're going right through it they get hit with a lightning strike in the plane yeah. and they lose all power it starts to get all cattywampus and i i shit you not while this is happening and while they're like losing control gerard butler gives it to his co-pilot he's like here take the wheel i'm gonna go calm everyone down so as this thing is fucking crashing, he's like, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're still in the air and things will, it's going to start looking up soon. And then it gets worse, obviously, he hits his head on an overhead compartment and then there's nothing they can do to stop the plane from crashing, but there's also a criminal on the flight. So the criminal and his handler are, you know, getting thrown around. The handler dies because he hits the ceiling. Then, oh, but why does he hit the ceiling, Charlie? Oh, because uh, he was sending a text message to uh, someone he loved, and he dropped his phone while this thing was crashing, so he unbuckles his seatbelt to go chase his phone around the plane, and 
And why does the stewardess get killed, Charlie? Because she unbuckles her seatbelt to try and get the handler back in his seat to put his seatbelt on. They're crashing. And they both hit the top of the plane, the little roof, and they die instantly. <laughs> they both snap their that necks. It sounds, by the way, I would like to point out that a lightning strike would not take down an airplane. Yeah. They're designed to get they, struck by lightning. They're designed, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of <laughs> stupid shit in this movie. It's this so like preposterously a dumb. Shittier version of Flight with it is a, Denzel it is Washington. actually a, it is a much. That wasn't Denzel Washington. It, that was Dennis Quaid. It, it, it is a. Oh, that's Flight of the Phoenix. Actually, my bad. But yeah, it, no. it is a much shittier version. Yeah, I don't yeah. know Flight, but it's a, it's a shittier version of an older movie called Flight of the Phoenix, where what happens there is they're flying over the desert, they lose control, it crashes. And then they crash right next to, like, a camp of bad guys who starts to, like, raid them. That's exactly what happens here, but without any of, like, the suspense or interest that Flight of the Phoenix had. So they crash on this place. It's a controlled fall. Um, oh. They land in the... So I remember that Gerard movie. Butler. It had Hugh Laurie. Yeah, it has Hugh Laurie. Yeah. So Gerard Butler oh, is is a is a strength leading man, right? He he is... When he is the middle man Action on the man. screen... What? Jackson? Uh, just action man. He's an action Yeah, guy. he's an action man. So when he is leading a movie, he's like got muscles and he's like, I'm going to kick this guy's ass and oh, I'm doing it for my family. Like he's like a rock type, you know, that, that kind of guy. Not not like a dramatic actor, not a suave romance guy, whatever, but a very, very big hulking man. Gerard Butler has one fight scene in the movie against one guy and spends the rest of the entire movie just like calmly talking to people and trying to fix the plane. All the action is done by his supporting guy, the prisoner who's being extradited and like the terrorists and a... Uh, a cell of PMCs that they hire to rescue the plane oh, passengers. They so they also threw in a really lame Con Air ripoff? <laughs> kinda? kinda? <laughs> Not really, yeah. but kinda. But, the, but Gerard Butler spends 90% of the movie just going, all right, everyone, calm down. I'm here to get you out. Don't worry, stick with me. But he does nothing interesting or exciting. It's all the other characters. And speaking of the other characters, the passengers on the plane exist just to be taken hostage. They have no <laughs> development, no backstory, yeah. nothing. They even go through the trouble of giving them all like names and having like little character moments, but all it ends up with is they're just like sheep. They just get herded around the entire movie with no free will or opinions whatsoever. God, it, Gerard Butler's one fight scene in this movie is so fucking stupid, though. <laughs> so after they crash, they're like, all right, we got to find out where we are because we don't know where we crashed. So I'm going to go into the, the forest and look for a telephone. <laughs> so he uh, he's like, and the prisoner's coming with me. He volunteered. So he takes the prisoner to get him away from the rest of the people. Uh, eventually, the two of them split up and Gerard Butler finds like this old dilapidated building and this fucking phone that I swear to God looks like the first phone ever made. It's covered in like overgrowth moss and everything so he looks to the left of it and there's these two wires and he's like oh i see so he takes the two wires and touches them together and then he gets a dial tone somehow <laughs> so he calls the united states embassy and he's like stop prank calling us we've been getting prank calls about this fucking pilot all day so they hang up on him he's like god i'm gonna have to do it again so he takes the wires he puts the wires together and he calls his daughter and while he's on the phone with his daughter one of the terrorists that own the the island come in starts beating his ass 
And in the struggle, Gerard Butler, for some reason, grabs the phone off the wall, rips it down, and throws it on the floor. He doesn't even use it as a weapon. (laughs) Yep. It's so good. Oh, man. One of my favorite things to show that they had no understanding of character development or audience emotion whatsoever. So there's a handful of passengers, and they all have, like, sort of different personalities. They're really poorly written, but they're kind of there. So there's two specific passengers. One of them is a dick. He's like a germaphobe and he's like really snarky and rude to people like when he's on the flight he's very obsessively wiping his scene down with a clean wipe and when the waitress comes over she goes can I offer you a drink and he goes yes but I want exactly three ice cubes please exactly three and she goes are you sure I can give you more I can give you like five and he goes no I want exactly three give me what I want and he's like he's like very like condescending and rude and just not a nice guy meanwhile there's another passenger on the plane he's just a dude he's just a regular guy and he's got a phone Obviously. And when they first get crash and are waiting at the camp that they set up, he films everything. And they go, why are you fucking filming stuff? Like, what's the point of Instagram? And he goes, no, I'm not doing this. I'm filming it to document it. You know, planes go down and shit like this happens. And if no one sees the recording, it never happened. And they can't explain it. So I'm like documenting us and filming us and making sure that like our story gets out there, which is a fairly smart thing to do. So later in the movie, at the very end, when all the passengers are being rescued, guess who gets shot? <laughs> the really nice guy. They're they're trying to get on the plane and they're escaping, and the really nice guy that we kind of like takes a stray bullet. And but he's like bleeding matter. out. It doesn't matter though. He gets oh, shot matter. and they forget that it happens. So yeah. that's the only time you see him. He gets shot and you don't even know who gets shot because they're both bald. They're both bald and they're both like from a distance going up this goddamn fucking ladder back to the point. Andrew has left out so many crucial details and is focusing on the worst parts because it's everything is so stupid. Like the, wait, 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 wait. But you, you, Andrew, can we just briefly go back to that? Andrew, yeah. you said that like he's the only character you like. So, uh, so the when you're writing. Likes. When you're writing for audience emotions, you need to understand how they connect to characters. The bad characters should rightfully get punished. That's a sense of satisfaction. Whereas if bad things happen to good characters, it's a sense of despair. For example, a well-written show well, yeah, like Breaking Bad... That's what they Bad, want you to feel, right? That's what they're, they're trying no, to make you feel. Th- God damn it. No, no, giving okay, too, too much credit. That's the triumphant it, moment where they're trying to escape. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah. That okay. guy gets shot and you don't feel like, oh... Fuck, that sucks. Like, he did not deserve it. And it's not a moment I didn't even know of, who it was. They're, like, bo- they're both bald, then he gets shot from a distance, and it sounds like it hits the metal next to him, but then he crumples over, and I didn't even know who the fuck it was. And they don't even... They literally don't even look at him again. I didn't know it was the nice guy until Andrew, Andrew said it was. By the way, what you're calling... <laughs> so so was this like a sad ending? No, it was, no. Super, it was it's super a good fucking ending. happy. God damn. It's a super huh. happy ending. That's why it's weird that the happy, nice well, guy yeah, gets that, shot that's for a, no reason. Oh. That's okay. it. Yeah. So what I was trying to explain, up. what I was trying to explain is if you have bad things happen to good people in movies, it gives the audience a sense of despair. If you have a good written show like Breaking Bad, they do that to make you feel like a character's an asshole. Walter White poisons a child who is innocent, and then you go, Walter Spoiler White's a bad alert. person. He deserves bad shit to happen. But in this movie, one of the characters we're supposed to like, who's like really friendly, just gets shot. And you go, well, what the fuck? Why did he get shot? That just sucks. That's not good. When it's during the triumphant, like, oh, they're going to make it ending. It's so stupid. But then, but then the triumphant ending has consequences, right? No, so no, because they the don't bad, even show the, the guy. The guy who's a dick <laughs> yeah. never gets shot or anything. He just walks off the plane and goes home. And the guy who get, does get no, shot, they don't even show. The only reason that I think Andrew even recognized who it was is because there's a panning shot and you can see him going, oof. 
Ouch! <laughs> While he's in the plane and they're taking off again. <laughs> he's like bleeding out in the plane, but he's the nice guy. And yet the guy who's a dick has nothing bad happen to him whatsoever. Also, there's a guy who gets on the plane in the very beginning. And he's like this like college frat boy. And one of the passengers goes, oh, how'd you be able to afford this flight? And he goes, oh, I got frequent flyer miles, bro. And he's like supposed to be this like, you know, carefree like dude, bro. And his only thing in the movie that he does is they rescue them from a prison. <laughs> and Gerard Butler puts him on a bus and he goes, can you drive this thing? And he goes, yeah, man, I can drive anything. And that's that's yeah. it. That's all he does in the whole movie. It's so it means so nothing. Cool. <laughs> Are the women there to be hot? Uh, is it like a hot? No, uh, not even. You don't see any of these fucking passengers, Jackson. You don't see any of them ever. It's oh, it's so God. stupid. It's it's everything about that movie is actually terrible, even from an action movie perspective, because they don't show the action. So every piece of action, like you'll see the the prisoner like shoot at somebody, and then they fall from a distance. You don't mm -hmm. see anything. There's there's one scene of action where one of the PMC Jesus Christ, they so the PMCs come to try and rescue these people, and there's four of them. It's like the goddamn Navy SEALs, and it's against an entire island, and yet somehow all four of them kill the entire island's terrorists. But regardless, one of them has a 50 cal. So he starts shooting some of the terrorists through their cars, and you see them, like, fly back and hit the car. That's the only time they actually show any of the action. Even yep. the final triumphant moment where Gerard Butler's like, all right, we're getting back on the plane, and I'm flying us the fuck out of here. So as he's taking off, the main leader's name's Datu. He's, uh, he's got an RPG out on the back of a truck on the, on the runway. And Gerard Butler and him are having a stare-off as he's, like, flying the plane towards him. And then as he's taken off, uh, the implication is that he hits him with the plane, but they don't show you. They Instead, they cop out and just show you hit him a, show the plane hitting a car. So it's just, they don't even bother showing the action. It's just a terrible fucking action movie, too. Now let's whip around and blame the audience, because Charlie, when we saw this movie, <laughs> a, a, quite a few fun things happened. Number one, a woman in the front row was FaceTiming the first, like, fourth of the movie. Yeah, that's pretty wild. With someone she was on the phone with, just literally just showing her the movie over the phone on FaceTime. I was shocked that she put it away. <laughs> Number two, there was a group of, I don't, know, I don't know, some people in like the back right corner of us towards the back, and they were just talking basically the whole movie. They were just having conversation. They didn't care. But when that 50 caliber them? scene, what? I, I was asking, can you blame them? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. But here's the fun thing. Here's the fun thing. When the action started for that scene with the 50 cal, that was when they were shooting him through cars. And every time a guy got hit with a 50 caliber bullet, he'd go flying, you know, like, which I guess realist, more realistic. So, you know, normal guys in the movie, if they get shot or whatever, it cuts away or it looks like shit. But the guys who got shot with a 50 cal, they'd go flying and the car would explode and it'd be kind of satisfying. Every time that happened, that group would go, oh, Hey! <laughs> throughout the theater. So you could tell that the people watching this movie were not here to watch a movie. They were just here to fuck around and just, like, waste time and, and not that's get invested. Fair. They just wanted to go, let's just go see a movie, haha. -ha. So I think that's why people are rating it highly. They didn't actually watch the movie. They I, just I, went I, with they, a gang of friends to fuck mm, around. That, ha that has to be the case, because it is fucking terrible no. in every possible department. Yeah. No. No, because uh, do you really imagine that group of people went home and logged into Rotten Tomatoes with their accounts? <laughs> so stars? That's so true, actually. Good <laughs> yeah, point. I don't know. <laughs> oh, how, man. how many it's people do you know who even movie. have a Rotten Tomatoes account? At this point, it all has yeah. to be astroturfed movie studio bot farms. 
I, God, I love that also, image though. Like after celebrating the 50 cal, it's like, all right, guys, now log into your Rotten Tomatoes account. Let's show good manners here and give them a high review for the entertainment we experienced. <laughs> also, the movie, the movie at a certain point loses any and all stakes. As soon as the PMC shows up, there are no stakes for the entire rest of the movie. So oh, yeah, the PMC true. shows up and they rescue everybody, no sweat. They don't get shot. Nothing happens. They take out the pirates without even trying. And then they all run away. And then like the pirates get reinforcements. And so the PMC set up for like a defense while everyone gets on the plane to fly back home. And the guy with the 50 cal's there and he's like blasting dudes. And you think, okay, that 50 cal guy is overpowered. He is like their crux, their fucking ace in the hole. Something's gotta happen. He's gotta run out of ammo. He's gonna get shot, something, nothing. They, they just sit there and willy-nilly pick off pirates until everyone takes their sweet time and flies away. And that's the last half of the movie. Also, Gerard Butler fixes the landing gear on the plane because he's like, without landing gear, we're fucked. We can't fly home, which is funny because in the final scene of the movie, they fly home without landing gear. Um, but he fixes it. like He's like on the runway while they're being shot and he's trying to fix it. And he gets shot in the shoulder. And at the end of the movie, they land Wait, at yeah. a safe... Yeah. They say he, you can't land without landing gear? Yeah, that's one of the points they bring up. Has so he while not they're heard being about shot the Hudson at, River landing? No, I guess not. Because while they're being shot at, he desperately was, like stands outside of the plane trying to fix the landing gear while everyone else is on board and ready to go. Um, but he gets shot in the shoulder and they take off and they land the plane in a safe airport and everyone else gets off the plane. They unfurl the like little jump slide and they slide down and like the medical people are escorted off. But Gerard Butler, who is currently bleeding out from a bullet in the shoulder, tells and everyone. And his leg, he got shot. So yeah, when, oh, he and the fixing, leg, right. when he was fixing <laughs> right. the brakes, he, he took he a shot to the leg and then continued running to the plane. And then when he yep, was having he, his stare down with Datu, he gets shot in the shoulder. Yep, yep. <laughs> he gets shot. He gets shot multiple times. He's bleeding out. He has been rescuing and running around the island all day he just tells everyone you guys go on ahead i need a minute you all go go it's fine tend to your families go get attention i'll be there and you think he's gonna die on the plane he's gonna have like this heroic like well i did it time to finally die but nope he just kind of awkwardly sits there for three minutes and then gets up and walks off the plane <laughs> for no reason <laughs> It's 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 oh, such a stinker. It's, it's such so a fucking terrible. stinker. I wouldn't I like it'd just be like a forgettably bad movie because it's not like entertainingly shit. It's just really just kind of super shit. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't care as much if people just didn't for some reason like it. That just makes me upset. The fact that anyone liked it really is just offensive to me. <laughs> yep. I I thought after walking out of that theater we were never gonna talk about this movie again. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. <laughs> that's what I thought. I mean after the schools are like the scores like seven out of ten average. I mean that's somewhat high. Not on but it's Rotten like, Tomatoes. Yeah, it's ninety four it, on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ninety four percent audience oh. score. By the way, where usually with a bad movie, it's the other way around. You know, the critics are all like, "Oh, this is the best movie ever," and then the audience goes, "No, zero percent." But yep. this time, it's the other way around. It's interesting. It was just so bad. It, it, so there's just fun bad or just nothing to like. Bad, bad. No, no it, it was bad, boring. Bad. Boring, bad. Yeah. Very boring bad. It's very bad as an action movie. It's very bad as a suspenseful movie. It's yep. just very bad as an experience. Like like Andrew said, I thought this was going to be something that we talk about on the way home and then never talk about again. Because it's yep. not like Moonfall <laughs> where there's like so much to like about it yeah. being bad. This is legitimately nothing to have any amount of fun. It's just terrible. It, the only scene in the I'll movie. I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. Go ahead. 93% of the people that like this are definitely like people in their 40s or 50s because this is the type of movie that my parents would love to watch, I think. 
Oh my god, man. I guess. I, I, I have a hard time <laughs> believing that, though. The only mm. scene in the movie that was any enjoyable was they're sneaking into the pirate camp to get the passengers out of a prison, and one of the guys, the prisoner dude who's being extradited, finds a sledgehammer, and he just starts, like, caving pirate skulls in left and right while they're, like, trying to sneak in. Which would and be it, cool if they fucking showed it, but they, so yeah, they show they one hit, and, and he gets hit with a sledgehammer, and his nose bleeds, and he just yep. dies. The and other they one, don't show it. Yeah, the other one, he <laughs> hits him off camera, and then he's presumably on the floor. So then they pan the camera up to the sledgehammer coming down and a noise going. Yep. They don't show anything. <laughs> and, and it could have been this nice moment of character writing and levity because there's this like dark, serious, horrible tone and all this shit. But the pilot and the extradited prisoner are bonding. And the whole point is the prisoner's not afraid to like kill people and get his hands dirty and shoot. And the pilot's like, yeah, I mean, I used to be in the fucking army and I could do this. Like, I'll follow you. <laughs> but but it shows this contrast of the prisoner's like a brutal motherfucker. Like, he's not afraid to explode a man's skull with a sledgehammer. But no, it just kind of happens and they just move on. Nothing really comes from that it's just a goofy little Why scene you, i mean i i get that like we're critiquing the uh the writing and stuff we're really like nitpicking the quality of the movie or whatever but like mm -hmm. this this seems like the kind of movie that would have the uh kind of dialogue that it has or the kind of writing that it has it seems like shit that they just shout out basically it doesn't really have writing like they, they don't even really speak to each other gerard butler's like yeah you or not not your butler the prisoner's like okay you're gonna take the guy on the left i'll take the guy on the right your brother's like oh god okay and then he does it he's like oh god okay so then they go and like yeah. rescue the like they don't really talk it's just gerard butler going, go, go, go. yeah it's funny it's funny um they should have swapped the leading roles gerard butler should have been the prisoner because the prisoner is the badass of the movie yeah. he kills people he gets his hands dirty he gets in there he's like fucking shooting left and right he's having a great time but gerard butler is like a fucking a pussy half the movie like well, a he's a bitch. fucking ally okay, i have <laughs> but he's but he says early in the movie he flew for the air force so he's yeah, in the that army. doesn't mean he's the Air Force pilots aren't on the ground like punching it people and shit. Even still, it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. But he's in the other country. People. True. True. Okay, I, I've been taking notes. So matters. here, according according to what I've heard so far, here are better movies that I would recommend. Fifty caliber gun, Rambo Four. You have to make sure that you seek out the uncensored version. It's a lot of fun. It's and a good also movie. Just the good guy clearing out an entire island full of bad guys. That's also what the movie is good for. Um, as far as plane crashes go, Flight with Denzel Washington and Flight of the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Both are good for plane crash uh, movies. And Con Air, if you want to watch Prisoners yeah, on a Plane, and it's goofily um, entertaining. If you want to watch uh, the reverse, Die Hard 2 about a plane being fucking fucked with and an airport and all that shit and a guy having to stop a bunch of terrorists by sneaking through it. Die Hard 2. It's a great or, movie for that. Or if you want a, a movie film. just based around planes in general, I recommend Airplane. Good comedy. Oh, yeah. If you want to laugh about airplanes, yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a lot of better one. movies is what we're saying. What? How? Yeah. how what? You've, you've never heard of Airplane? What? Uh, yeah, yeah Kai, we've talked about airplane. No, Leslie Nielsen. What? Leslie it's Nielsen like, comedy oh, from the seventies. You ever seen um, a grown man yeah. naked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like one of the most prolific comedies of all time. Yeah. You, you yeah, know airplane. Fair. I may I may have to refresh my memory, but yeah, I haven't watched oh, this since go I was watch it. a teenager. Yeah, it's so good. It's oh held God. up perfectly. It's still yeah, hilarious. 
Same with the sequel. It's also good. You're playing too. See, that was a positive note. We See, ended yeah, it I mean, we, we, we made it a positive note at the end, but it was like 20 minutes of ranting about a shitty movie first. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta have your vegetables before you get to the movie. <laughs> That's what I've always said. <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather watch Snakes on a Plane than this. Like, at least well, that movie's fun. goofy bad, but, like, yeah, this was yeah. just so boring. It, it was just so offensive. The fact that anyone likes it actually makes me super, super <laughs> upset. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I agree. Completely agree. I just don't know what you guys were expecting from a movie called Plane Star. No, no, we Charlie and I, to be bad. We, we went because it was supposed yeah, to be bad. Yeah, Charlie and I have seen many bad movies that have great entertainment. And in fact, yeah. Gerard Butler was in Gods of Egypt, which <laughs> yeah, is baby. one of our favorite bad movies ever made. So we went in with the implication, okay, it's a bad action movie with Gerard Butler. It's got to be entertaining. But this wasn't even entertaining. It was just boring. It was just yeah. nothing. Nothing happened. Like, when you see yeah. Gerard Butler in a January movie, like, you go in there expecting <laughs> it to be fun bad. Like, he was recently in Geostorm, Gods of Egypt. Like, he he makes absolute banging stinkers. But this one, this was just a stinky stinker. Like, it, there's yeah. nothing to like about it. Has he ever been in a good movie? 300. Uh, oh, he, come on. That's like 25 years ago. I don't the, even think that's a... That's a it like is a good movie. movie. I don't, he know, is the I don't voice know how you're going to try and say that. Movie. He is it's the narrator. Okay. He's the narrator of the Curse of the Black Freighter segments in Watchmen. And those are fucking excellent. There you go. He's a narrator. That's like. He's still in it. He's, he's still voice movie. acting. Aren't those the cartoon intermissions? Yes. And they're really yeah, good. He's not an actor in that. That's just a. What? Voice <laughs> 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 actors are actors. Hey, well, there's actors, a. Yeah. Mm, I, I, okay, technically you win, I guess. But. Yeah, gotcha. Fuck you. The, the, the movie wasn't like, he's not the leading role or anything, you know? He's no, not like he's the not. main thrust of the movie. Okay, but that's like if I said Keanu Reeves is a great actor because he played part in that one Silk Road Bitcoin documentary as a narrator. Like, that's not <laughs> why I watch Keanu Reeves. I watch him because he's John Wick. I, I get that, but but the Curse of the Black Freighter stuff is more acting. He's playing a character when he narrates, so... Did he I, still have yeah. his, like, Irish accent? He does have an accent, I think. I don't remember. I think Scot he does. It's Scottish, I think, actually, not Irish. Yeah. They're really good, though. They're arguably the best part of that movie. Fair enough. Oh, well. yeah. He's in How to Train Your Dragon. Is he? other voice <laughs> acting stuff. Yeah, I don't remember well, which role. He's good exactly. in movies where he doesn't appear, and he only talks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's famous for appearing. Like, he's famous because of his body and shit. He's uh, <laughs> famous because of 24. <laughs> Did you guys what? like Law Abiding Citizen? He was in that. Uh, I don't. I know I the movie. That. I don't remember it though. That's the one where, like, I think it's him. It's either him or Jamie Foxx, whoever plays the criminal, but they're stuck in jail and somehow they keep committing these assassinations from in jail with all these, like, wraparound plots and they can't prove that he did it. Well, that sounds cool. <laughs> it's a cool movie. It's interesting. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, before we go, before we wrap. Is anyone keeping up with The Last of Us? It's so nice to have a TV show, uh, video game adaptation that actually takes the source material seriously. And it's so yeah, fucking good. Yeah, I heard it's good. decent. It, no, it's so good. I haven't seen what the second episode yet. To hear. Yeah, the first is, episode is amazing. It is extremely surprising how faithful they have been and how well it turned out. It's just, it's, it's a nice feel. It's like vindication because this is what we've been saying all along. These video game ad adaptations need to stop shitting on the source material 
and start treating it with respect because that's what made it popular in the first place. That's why it's getting a fucking adaptation. Is and it just one-to-one with the game? I'd say they've taken some liberties, obviously, okay. because some things just don't work on screen. But right. by and large, uh, everything is like really faithful. Like direct lines are taken from the game, direct so settings, there, direct There are no quick time events in the show? <laughs> Not yet. Press select on your remote to keep watching. It's it's also it's the it's the good kind of adaptation where they've expanded on the source material as well and added additional context and additional scenes to things that we've we experienced in the game. Like in the uh, second episode, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the the entire first like 20 minutes is something entirely new that really grounds the uh, series and, and really expands on it in an interesting way. Uh, I don't know. I don't really want to get into spoilers though, in case anyone hasn't watched it. Yeah, don't spoil it. So with that, then, would you say if someone's played the games and their their attitude is, oh, I've played the games and know what happens, I don't really care. Is there enough to the show? No, absolutely, to absolutely, yeah, absolutely. The, they the added the, you. They actually added a lot, especially in the beginning, to like flesh out Sarah's character. It, it, yeah. It's all like really good additions that they've put in. It so really far. is really mm. smart additions too, and it's not it's not cheap or lazy. Like there's actual substantial quality to this. And it's, it's, I want to put it down to the filmmaker in this case, Craig, I think his name is Craig Mazin. He's the guy that did the Chernobyl miniseries, uh, which was also mm. fantastic, the HBO Chernobyl one. What did you not like it, Kaya? No, I liked it. I just, I hate it for the sole reason that it's reinvigorated the superstition against yeah, nuclear no, energy. I, I get That's that, but it was a good, with it. It, was it, a was good a show, good, yes. it was a good series, yeah. Um, so he's clearly talented at adapting things, uh, and this this show is just fantastic. I wanted to end this episode on a positive note. Uh, so Charlie, you've seen it though? Not the second episode. The first episode's amazing though. And yeah, but you agree? Okay, I just yeah. wanted to oh, hear yeah. some thoughts. Yeah, right. Andrew, Andrew, and I played <laughs> The Last of Us together the first time. We around. did. The intro was so fucking iconic. Still probably one of the best in all Still of gaming. Is, yeah. You should absolutely I, um, watch the show, Andrew. I actually think they do it just as well. I probably will. Honestly, I enjoyed the first Last of Us so much. I remember that was a game that I showed my dad. Yeah, and he same. was like, holy shit, it's like a movie. So I would just play it and he would just watch it like a movie and yep. he loved it too. It's yeah. it's a really great story. So I might watch this. Not, not too split I, I, the room, I think... but I enjoyed both. Even the second one, because in the second one, there's that one um, area where you're playing as Abby. Was that her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like Mike Tyson boxing zombies. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's reasons to like the second one for different for reasons. <laughs> yeah. It was like Mike Tyson's punch out. It was like awesome. <laughs> With their big I, bulky arms the size of boulders i'll split the room even further this is the more controversial opinion i think i i loved both games and i loved the second game because of its narrative as well i really mm. enjoyed the narrative yeah, in the second yeah. game, and i know that is extremely mm-hmm. yeah it's divisive. okay to just be off the mark sometimes though you're one for two <laughs> yeah. i thought it was great. the second one was okay too i might watch this i show think it attempted you guys it attempted something it attempted something for the second one, Jackson. I'll give you that. Like, I appreciate that they tried something really, really different, but uh, just nah, I have work. I have maintained since this game's release that they had good ideas in the wrong order. I, I feel like mm. if they had just done this same series of events, but in a different order, it would have been much, much, much better. I could see that. My, yeah. 
my only issue was the pay it just dragged a little bit too long it, like the the i want to say the second the the final third maybe dragged on a bit too long and it, yeah maybe in terms of pacing uh some of those decisions didn't quite yeah nail it but overall so, i still enjoyed the narrative a lot let's um if we want the last of us to get into a bit of spoilers because charlie i'm curious uh, so, spoiler warning, if you care about The Last of Us and Last of Us 2, even though we had, like, six episodes dissecting it. <laughs> um, Charlie, would you say a better choice would be to start The Last of Us 2 as Abby and get all of her character growth, and then we get to the Joel execution, and it shows kind of sympathy for Abby, and it has more weight to that, rather than just hitting you with that and then going, by the way, now play as Abby. Yep, so I think the order of events could have been one of two ways starting with abby i think also would have been strong the way i always envisioned it being best is you give like that you know that the the rodeo the, the, you know like the gang's back together so you have you have joel you have ellie you see their current life you have the flashbacks of where things have been you know like going through like the old zoo aquarium all whatever like you build their relationship back up again to get everything accustomed then you can still have abby come in and do that but i still think it'd be better to build to it so then you have the abby parts so then you get to see like oh here's what other, what life is like outside of like this really cozy camp that yeah, they formed just, in this community then just killing then, him right. off 10 minutes soon yeah yeah it's just so much as opposed to just like a cold kill off at, like at the very I was beginning fine with that yeah. it was it was a strong opening and then Why? what makes it a strong opening the, it's just like it's, i don't it's think just... the flashback should have been at the start that that, that the flashbacks throughout no, the there story wouldn't be flashbacks to... at that point they, they wouldn't be like in in my version it wouldn't be flashbacks you would just go through those things quickly and then you get to the the current day it okay but be the like flashbacks, flashbacks throughout the story really serve to drive home uh, you know Ellie's emotional turmoil or her motivation. So that's why I think they're placed throughout the game. It's kind of to remind the audience, hey, they had a strong relationship. Ellie loved this guy, uh, and and that's why yeah. But by, but by the point those fucking flashbacks come in, you probably already forgotten who the fuck Joel is. It happens in like the first ten minutes. Like well, there's no there to remind mm -hmm. you to remind well, you why you should care that's about this. That, that's just dumb. <laughs> like that death should have been far more like impactful. Like it shouldn't. It shouldn't have just it come was, as like what? this cold open. I mean, for new players, I can get why it wouldn't be impactful. See, maybe, but like the, I think it was very impactful. The way that I think they could have done it that would have been interesting and kept the impact on this is if you bounce back and forth between the two in a better way. So let's say you start The Last of Us 2 and you're playing as Ellie and you have like, like I don't know, current day or flashback scene up to them and you play for a bit and then it cuts to Abby after only a scene or two. And you go, oh, it's a new character. We're seeing another perspective. This is like, how are they going to meet? What's going to happen? So you play through Ellie, Abby's story a little bit. Then you go back to Ellie. Then you go back to Abby. And then the shocking twist is you're playing as Abby and you find out she was the daughter of the doctor. And you get to the scene where she kills Joel. And now you're conflicted because you're like, well, I was playing as Ellie and I got more of The Last of Us. But I was also playing as Abby and I, I liked her sequences and it showed like a different perspective. And I didn't know she was going to turn out to be a bad guy. Oh, fuck. Now you hate someone that you liked initially. I feel or like as opposed to hating someone that's way more interesting. Hating someone and then learning to uh, over time. But you don't. I, I don't think there was ever. I don't think there was ever a moment where it's like, oh, okay, well this this feels good. Like, I just I don't yeah. see. There I feel like one. front loading the understanding of her character and her motivation kind of long term does a disservice to it because the way it's laid out currently is she does the bad thing first. And then you spend a, a, an amount of time dissecting why she did that. 
and and understanding her motivation and that's where where it leaves off towards the ending where you know the the uh, what, what do you call it the fight between them happens or whatever so i think i think you need to have that understanding later in the game personally i i kind of get that i i get what you're saying I think, like, and I, how an that idea, could be effective yeah. but i think it would have more weight if you didn't so i think the problem with that is that it takes away from the buildup of joel and ellie from the previous game if you gave them a bit of both so that bouncing back and forth with ellie and abby so you're feeling the nostalgia you're feeling the buildup from the previous game you're like living in the conclusion but you're also getting a new story a new buildup someone new to connect to i think then when joel gets killed if you put that more towards like the climax of the game the late middle it would have a lot more impact because then it throws everything on its head like oh god i built all that stuff up with ellie and now it's gone and oh shit i grew to like abby and now that's fucked and i don't know what to do oh yeah. fuck what do i feel i think that's a much stronger stance because like I, even just looking in the I chat disagree. no one liked playing as abby after they killed joel nobody yeah. it was miserable I and did. you spent 11 hours or so playing as abby <laughs> kaya you were playing a fucking arcade game when you played i, 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 I get fair. that emotion i get that emotion but i enjoyed playing as abby because i got to expand on her character i enjoyed but seeing why her but, but but why okay for you maybe i guess it's like oh okay well why did she do that for for most players it's like i don't really care why she did that it's like i i didn't know anything about her she just came in as this boogeyman and killed the character that i loved I don't really to, want to play as her. Yeah, but you're meant to engage with the narrative and, and dig deeper. That's the point of these narrative games. You're it's meant not, to understand the characters. It's Yeah, and you could and understand them from the beginning and then even sympathize with her decision when she makes it. There's no... But there's no... Yeah, but we're talking about an entirely different story then if, if the killing happens towards the end or the middle no, not, of the end. Yeah, like towards the middle. If you just placed all the same beats in different orders, it'd be much more effective. I think the way Andrew described it sounds like a much more compelling narrative where you're seeing... You're just talking about a more linear order. Well, but it, that's, that's not linear at all. That bounces back and forth between times and characters. Linear, and then well, they, they come together. Of events, though, you're talking about putting the more, more of the like flashbacks towards the start so you build up the relationship between need, ellie and joel just, just get off the get off the flashback thing just just sideline yeah. that in your brain even without this but you're, saying, but you're saying more more time with ellie and joel yeah and with abby so that way you can see what abby's doing and get a whole new perspective on life outside of this comfy camp that the ellie and joel are in now the way that i see it jackson is you could build up a rapport with Abby because you could you could have an air of mystery. We yeah. know what Ellie and Joel are all about. The first game was their entire story. So yeah, that's their why I don't part, think we need anything there. Yeah, but their part is going to be more of a continuation of that. You have their established things, their flashbacks, their relationship. You get another instance of what you get in the first game with Sarah where you go oh now look Ellie and Joel are building that kind of actual father-daughter relationship like we got we got bits of that in the first game and we built up to it but now we get to see them interacting in that light and what's going on and how they've changed and how they've grown and then Abby is your new quote-unquote protagonist oh what is she about what's she doing what's her camp like oh she's still struggling and she's like fighting more of a war it's not as personal she's got like recruits and all these people and these organizations and oh shit what's this building up to and then it culminates in the I Joel just don't murder. think that's compelling though I don't think that stuff how, is compelling how is to... that more compelling than her just going and killing Joel instantly well, because... and then you spending 11 hours trying to or empathize with her it's not compelling because we've got no reason to care about her in any way at that beginning but she's killed Joel at this point so we have a compelling reason to hate her at least and then and how is this real 
But then they spend the rest of the game story. forcing we... you to like her. So the biggest thing I had I don't with think the they last force you to like her. Oh, they a hundred percent do. No, why I, is it that? I, I, why is it that Ellie? They deepen her character, but that isn't forcing you to like her. It's giving Jackson, you the why is it that to Ellie? Make a decision whether you like her or not. Why is it that Ellie spends the entire game murdering dogs and pregnant women, but Abby spends the entire <laughs> game hanging out with her friends and feeling sad that they're dead? Because they're forcing you to like Abby. It's writing. It's the writing that's doing it. That's the biggest problem I have with The Last of Us 2. I didn't care that much that they went super dark and super dour and were like, we're going to take everything from Ellie. That's fine. It's a depressing, dour universe. But they painted Ellie as this, like, fucking killing machine monster that we didn't spend an entire <laughs> because, game because growing Because she was. To. She was going on a mission of vengeance. That was the entire... But she, in the like, entire I, I first game, was this likable character. I, I think it checks up because it's, like, e it's easier to forgive someone that you hate... Uh, sorry, someone that you love than it is to like love. grow to understand and empathize with someone yeah, that you hate exactly. from the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. So the whole thing is in, in Ellie's cutscene, she's like stabbing a pregnant woman in the neck. She's killing a fucking dog. She's like killing people who have friends. And they're like, oh, no, Jeff. Oh. But then when Abby shows up, her whole scenes are she plays fetch with a dog. She has like a love interest. She sees a corpse of someone we've never met before and goes, oh, no, not Seb or whoever the fuck it was. <laughs> she still did <laughs> immoral things, scenes. though. She, she still did immoral things. It wasn't entirely like she was. Right. As but a the saint. way. That's right, but the way that they try to convince you to like her is cheap emotional manipulation, not genuine growth. All of her introductory scenes are, look how hard her life is, look how bad it is, instead of actually growing and feeling that for the character like we did with Joel and Ellie in the first game. Well, the, the experiences of Ellie throughout the first game were also extremely harsh. But we grew with that over time. Ellie didn't just show up and go, my life sucks, my parents are fucking dead. Joel, uh, you how about know how analogy? hard it is to what be if... me. What if Ellie showed up at the very beginning and killed Sarah? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, what? <laughs> what if Ellie just showed up and she killed a, like Joel's daughter at the very beginning, and then the rest of the yeah. game was about trying to I don't make even you know like how to Ellie. engage with that? No, no, no. I don't so even Jackson, know how to engage with that? That's not even a how, point. How would you feel if the first game, the first introduction you saw of Ellie was she was like stabbing a puppy in the neck and went, "Hi, I'm Ellie. You're supposed to transport me." <laughs> Be kind of hard to like her. <laughs> it's the, yeah, no, it was hard to like her. That's the that's the point of the second. It's the point of Abby. That's why they showed you it her didn't killing need Joel to be first. Though. Of course, like, they, it didn't have to. Of course, they knew that it was going to be hard for you to like her. You're, yeah, like, you're not meant to. Well, then, then it's poorly done. Then why am I spending eleven why? hours playing through someone that I don't like? If that's if the point isn't to grow and understand them, the goal is to. The goal is to understand this flawed character both ways. You're meant to understand. You're meant to learn and grow and ex and discover more about these two characters on their different paths, and you know understand the intricacies of them. And over time, maybe you, you can make the choice which one you like or which one you don't like or which one you resonate most closely with. Okay, but so not that you don't have to like every always... single character. No, but, but you you, do... you you should like the character you're spending eleven hours playing. Why? Well, what do you mean? Okay, Jackson, let's take a Star Wars game. You're only allowed to play as Rey. Like, you, well, you if she had depth, that's fine. If she had some Abby doesn't have to depth her. for the first 11 she fucking does. hours. You go through she a long series disagree. of depth after not having anything besides her killing Joel. Yeah, so all characters start off with no depth. You, you expand on it. You grow. But there, over the what do you hours. mean? You, except here, you start off with her killing a character you love. 
So, so it's a lot less than zero. It's negative. It's negative. Yeah. You, you don't like her. Okay, you start off not liking her. I don't... What? what what's your point? And you just... It, it, you didn't have to, is the point. Like Andrew has, I think, laid out a really conv- uh, compelling argument. If you had just started with having Abby already start being fleshed out, seeing this entire new side of the Last of Us universe, getting her backstory, and then always wondering how is she going to play into Joel and Ellie's story, since clearly these are the main characters, how are they going to intersect, and then as more details are revealed about her being like the daughter, the clay, like all that... And then the decision ultimately gets made to kill Joel. Well, at this point, you're like, oh, I spent so much time with her. I've started to like her. And I really do kind of understand where she's coming from. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. this decision is shocking. But, man, I can, I can almost really empathize with it. Like, at that don't point, you f- you've already grown with that character. Don't you feel like doing that kind of robs the the player of any choice? Like, it's kind of cheap in that way. Like, you don't oh, have, yeah, choice you have a choice currently where she just instantly well, no. kills Joel. Well, I you don't have a choice, but like, you've given, Jackson, you don't you've, have choice. You've, you've given them a character that you really like and then she does something, she kills the guy that you love and you're okay. playing as a, And that's that. why you it's emotionally impactful. You to that point. That's, but that's, that's the whole point. That's why it's emotionally impactful. What is this argument? It's not a choice-driven game. Do you have a choice on whether Ellie spares or kills Abby at the end, Jackson? No, it's not. It's not a choice-driven game, but like, you still guide the character to that to that point, and yeah, building I mean, the narrative. You for that. jump through decisions that somebody else made for you. The writers, you don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, well, you, no, yeah. I, I think maybe choice is the wrong way of putting it, but like, it's. If I would feel weird if I was playing a game and the narrative was like, "All right, you, you should feel really good about this person. Like, the, these this character is great." You love playing as her, and then I do something just fucking disgustingly evil to to someone that I, I had previously liked. I'd feel like kind of, I'd feel like that was cheap. Personally, you, I have a counterexample. I am so confused because that that is literally already what the game Jackson. is. That same thing happens, and you're still playing as that person. The only difference is you have no idea why she's done it. You, you don't care. You just hate her because she started by doing Jackson. it. Jackson. Yeah, exactly. I have, why a, counter, she did it. I have a counter example for that. Jackson, imagine, let's use your favorite thing in the world. Imagine you're watching Star Wars Episode oh 7. Oh my god, I hate Star Wars. Please. Spoilers <laughs> for Star Wars Episode 7. Do you think people would grow as attached to Kylo Ren if the very first thing you saw him do was killing Han Solo? And then the rest of the movie was, well, here's why I killed Han Solo. No, it is kind the whole of... point is they build up to him. What? They have this drama of and everyone going, oh, he's got good death. in him. He could in be a good Jedi. Movie, he's our son, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why it's a twist when at the end, his father's like, son, it's time to come home. Stop fucking around. And he goes, I can't. I'm far gone. And he kills Han Solo. That's why it's a shocking moment that happens. But if it just happened in the beginning, you wouldn't care. You'd go, oh, well, the fucking he's a dick and he's a dick forever. Fuck that guy. I... Uh, yeah. yeah. He, he was a dick. He was a dick throughout the entire first movie, though. And the okay, second. I'm, I'm going to try to, for balance sake, I'll try to take Jackson's side, which I will not be able to do effectively because I remember not much from this movie. But how much of the Abby game. hate do you guys think started from even before the game was released? Because I do remember that were all of those memes of like Neil Duckman fucking Abby and everyone saying, why is there a muscular woman in this game? So I'm to sure be they probably had a role to, to that, play. To be that fair to that, that probably did play into some degree. Yeah. But you got to remember the script was leaked before the game yeah. came out. Well, cuts entire cutscenes were entire cutscene, the entire I script, everything. 
Yeah, right. that's mostly why people were hating on it. I still remember before the game even came out, people were making Abby Golf Club memes. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Sorry, Jackson. All right, we opened a, we opened a whole can of worms here. Wasn't this meant to be a nice ending? Like, well, I, you I were the one that had to like <laughs> hop on the dumb side and say the Last of Us Two's narrative is like perfect or whatever. I had, to, I had to make my opinion known. So, though. do you guys think? Again, spoiler alerts. But do you guys think the HBO show will have a scene of Abby bashing the shit out of? Joel Skull that's the, uh, pulp. Season, that's the end season cliffhanger yeah season two a hundred percent yeah I can only and pray that they canceled. don't I can just I can only pray they don't do it the same way they did in the game because I think that was no, just I hope they do well that's I, a I good really hope they do that's a really good question if the show is this popular and this well received what are they planning after they finish this game story do you think with all the backlash from two they're gonna follow that or change it or do their own thing or what they'll I, i'm certain they'll follow it which i think is going to be a huge disservice they have a chance mm -hmm. to like really flesh it out a lot more and build in a better way as opposed to just do I mean, they'll, they'll expand on it for sure they yeah. absolutely will expand on I, it as I hope they get rid of the golf club and abby just mike tyson beats the shit out of joel <laughs> I am, I am still just yeah. super shocked that you like the way the last of us two plays out jackson you're usually on the one on the side that's like oh this was just like out of nowhere shock for the sake of like a shock which is exactly how i feel with the abby killing joel so early thing. but it wasn't shock for the sake of shock it set up the entire rest of the game that's but there's still the no reason why it couldn't have built up to it as opposed to just come out of it like super aggressive out of nowhere like that a hundred percent, like there was a more effective way. This was just very, very much meant to be like another one of those iconic intros like Last of Us had, where it's like, wow, that was memorable. Yeah. This was crazy and unexpected. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree that that's probably what the purpose was, but I, I personally just find it more compelling the way it's laid out currently. That just blows my mind. <laughs> it's fine. It's not my, I'm not, I don't base my opinions on impressing you or anything, so that's fine. Well, maybe you should start. I get it to a degree. I just think it's also objectively poorly written. So I get where you're coming from, but I think it's not a good example of a way to do that. It's fair. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. I didn't start this to change any minds. I know what I. Well, that's want good because you didn't, Jackson. <laughs> 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 We're never coming to your stupid side. We're gonna stay on the right side of history. You're on the right side. Yeah, I'll say that on YouTube. Oh, I'll I'll see you in season two, Jackson, of The Last of Us show. Ooh, I hope now that they follow the second game for the second season, so we can come back here and all of us just bitching and moaning and fighting. Oh fuck yeah! So do we? Know I, how I, long I really. Is? Sorry. Uh, and, and nine or eight episodes, I think. It's okay. decent. It's like each episode's about fifty minutes too, so it's a decent chunk. Um, the problem with HBO I heard it was super successful. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's it's been super successful. Like, it's the largest, uh, I think, launch of any new IP on HBO, from what I read, or something like that. Or The viewership was up 20%, which is the largest amount, episode to episode. So, it, I think the reception has been really well. And it, which really is extremely good. impressive, because it has to compete with Velma right now, too. So, it's doing really impressive <laughs> <True>. stuff. <laughs> what were you going to say, Kai? Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I was going to say that HBO doesn't have the best record because HBO, you know, Game of Thrones first few seasons everybody loved it, but then the ending nobody liked, and then what is Westworld still going on? Because I remember liking the first season a lot, but then the third season was such fucking shit. 
And I hope the same thing doesn't happen with the show, I guess. Well, this first season, I think, is pretty faithfully adapting the entire first game. So I think they've got the framework. And if the rest of the story is adapted in the same way, then I think it's they're fine because the quality is great from the first two episodes. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I think by season two or three, this is going to go down the gutter. Well, season three is not, probably not going to be adapted from anything. So that Kaya is... Concerning. Is Westworld worth watching if I stop after the first season? Yes. Just watch the first season. Yeah, just yeah. literally Absolutely. just stop after that. Just the first season. Just, I have, I have heard... is a lot of fun. I have heard a from show. a good number of friends that Westworld like gets bad, but the first season is like a masterpiece, and I'm really interested to check it out. It's first season really good. Okay, I might watch it. Alrighty. We're done. All yeah, right. Let's wrap. Positive note. Yeah, we Westworld it. season it? one. Was it a positive note? Yes, it, here, I'll positive it out of the top with a cherry on top. Watch Rambo 4, nice. watch Flight of the Phoenix, watch Flight, watch Con Air, watch The Last of Us, HBO, watch Westworld season one. There you go. You're welcome. Cool. Awesome. And watch Abby beat zombies with her big Mike Tyson arms. Fuck yeah. yeah. No, actually, that play part it. is Don't fun. Watch it. <laughs> Feel the haptic feedback. It's great. Yeah, the All rumble. Right. <laughs> All right. Thank for you listening. for listening to this week's episode. Patreon.com slash the official podcast for bonus content. Uh, yeah, go check that out. You, there's probably a few bonuses in the past where we really went in depth on The Last of Us, I'm sure. We, we, we mm -hmm. went through a period where we talked about that quite a bit. So if this was at all. Uh, entertaining go over to patreon.com slash the official podcast and, and learn more um other than that we'll see you next time bye, bye everyone yep. Thank goodbye you.